Hello, everyone. And like I mentioned at the end of the last podcast, uh, we recorded four hours straight. So I'm just going to let you guys go right into where the discussion was at the end of the last podcast. Hopefully I picked a good point to put in this outro and intro. I do my best, but I did really need it to kind of just like divide up these podcasts. So hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode and I'm just going to like let it roll. And uh, yeah, enjoy. Uh, I went, obviously we want to talk about World of Warcraft for like two hours and so we barely even touched on wow this, but yeah, yeah. this was, this was a uh, kind of like a, a weird episode because of the uh, scheduling problems that I've been having. So it's my fault. Blame me. So we're going to go longer. Nah, I mean, anyway. Bro, yeah. <laughs> so getting back into World of Warcraft is something that, um, I believe Bellilar was talking about yesterday and I was thinking a little bit about this because so they're apparently with 9.25 or whatever they're making everything like easier for people to get back into it and stuff like that but if you want yeah. to start jumping into the end game systems and stuff like that you still are expected to do a certain amount of grind not exactly sure how much that grind is going to be i'm not sure how hard it's going to be but i was just thinking about it, it's like okay so say i want to bring my warrior back my warrior is already max level because i did level my warrior when I was uh, playing with my paladin, I leveled him. And so for starters, you have to level up your renown, I would assume. Then you'd have to get something. You have to farm out your legendary again, which probably involves a crap ton of Torghast runs. Again, I would yeah. assume. I don't know. Probably. And then on top of it, you have to go do a bunch of Zareth Mortis in order to unlock your second legendary, which I'm not sure if that also involves Torghast grinding or not. Uh, like, imagine that this takes like maybe, I don't know, friggin' 20 hours of you doing content that is not even that relevant anymore. Is that like a reasonable thing? Is it not a reasonable thing? What do you think about that? I think it sort of goes, uh, I think, in multiple different directions. But I would say there's a there's an acceptable level of grind that that should be required of returning players if you took a break you can't just be expected to walk back in and immediately pick up where you left off this is an rpg after all rpgs are about progression they're about power progression um if the easiest way to play a game is to quit and come back later well the game is wrong, but right? That, the game isn't working. That has that been should. the easiest way to play World of Warcraft. Kind. Yes, but that's the that's an issue. That's a relic of World of Warcraft's own design, because they put so many borrow power systems into the game that you have to do in order to be able to do the things. The grind, the 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 sheer grind necessary to actually get into the content, it was too much. If a, if a player came back after two years. Imagine no catch-up mechanics whatsoever. This means they're going to spend probably a couple of months trying to get their 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 reputations high enough so they can go into all of the new zones. They're going to have to finish all of the storylines in order to get into Corthia, then finish all of Corthia in order to get into uh, Xerath Mortis. They're going to have to do all of their conduits and, and collect all of those conduits. They're going to have to do all of the Mythic Blast for the gear, uh, probably some of the older raids in order to get that gear so that they can actually get raid ready. You're talking about six, seven months before you can actually get into the normal content again. Mm -hmm. So there's always there, there's always there always has to be a, a massive level of catch up. 
to ensure that people don't have to go through all of that shit. The problem is that the catch-up also then sort of nullifies the system because the most optimal way of playing the game is to wait for the catch-up to kick in and then fucking play the game. Because if you don't, you're going to be grinding a lot of shit that other people are going to get in a week. So you, you, you're you sort of creating uh, a, a weird re uh, reward structure around how to play your game the best way. That is probably not going to be a problem in Dragon uh, in Dragonflight, mainly because there is no borrow power system. Um, there, the only thing that you're going to have to do in order to catch up is gear. You're going to need the gear that you've missed out on. And thanks to Mythic Plus, that just means you're going to have to run a couple of Mythic Plus in order to get the gear so that you can start raiding, uh, which is good. I think for 925, Blizzard is sort of doing the best they can. We have to remember, if you remove all of the borrowed power systems from World of Warcraft Shadowlands, you're not left with much. Like, the game doesn't have a lot to fucking offer outside of the borrowed power systems. So... I think Blizzard is sort of doing a last hurrah year where they're sort of going, look, we still want you to do your reputations. We still want you to get your, your covenant up and we want you to max out that. But we're going to make it stupidly easy for you to do, right? So it's going to take maybe a couple of days of, of emissary farming and you'll have max level covenants. Um, you're going to do maybe a couple of Mythic Plus. You're going to have all your gear. For Torghast, I can imagine maybe one or two weeks, uh, maybe one week for your first legendary, and then maybe a second week for your second, um, and then you're good to go. So the reason I was talking about that is because I think that a lot of people are wondering when might be a good time to kind of jump back into the game when it comes to, you know, Dragonflight and stuff like that. I know that I've been wondering that myself because i do want to check out dragonflight and i want to give it like the fair shake and all of that stuff but um yeah i'm wondering how much grind it's going to be necessary just to get like back up the snuff because i remember when i came back for battle for azeroth and the the amount of stuff that i had to go and do just to get prepared with yeah. like the um what, are the what was it called again that weird system with the quirky freaking procs that uh, you get Azerite. all the time the what the Azerite, uh you're talking about the nightmare ah not the nightmare system, the uh, insanity stuff. Yeah, the insanity uh, uh, stuff that you'd have to go and do. Dude, that I can't was... remember. I didn't play Battle for Azeroth that much, so gameplay yeah. stuff, I do not fucking remember. But, like, I'll tell you right now, for instance, doing that, if, you, if I had to have done that solo, I would have been completely screwed because the way that I did that is I actually had a, a friend of mine carried me through it. And it was basically like, okay, we're going to go in. You're going to die. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm just going to do everything for you. I was like, all right. So I'd go into the nightmare. Easy. I would die. And my friend would like, you know, then we'd be talking for a while while my friend was like pulling the entire instance, murdering everything. And then boom, done. And then I would get like one special superpower, whatever the crap that thing was. And I was yeah. like, okay. And then my friend would go like, okay, now we have to do it again. And I was like, oh. And so... It was like we had to do that so many friggin' times that it was just a, a massive grind just to try and get that thing done. And now I'm thinking yeah. to Shadowlands, and I'm thinking about, okay, we need to do Renown. We need to do uh, Legendaries. And I'm actually curious, by the way, because I know that a lot of people are going to come in and they're going to say, Rurikon just wants everything handed to him. No, I don't want everything handed to me. I have no problems working for my gear and you know my progression and all of that stuff quite the opposite I've, i never want stuff to be handed out too easily 
Yeah. But I'm just wondering, and maybe some people in the comment section will be able to answer, like, how many hours would it be? Like, if I was to come back into World of Warcraft right now, I have a character that's fully max level. He's not caught up on Renown. He does not have... I don't think I even have a single legendary on that character because, again, he was an alt. But, uh, okay, so I have, like, a fresh max level character. What do I have to do? And how many hours does it take for someone to go and get prepared to the point where you can start working, you know, on Mythic Plus, for instance, just to get an idea. Yeah. And now the question becomes how much, because obviously I don't think both you or I not having played the no game, fucking clue, we yeah. don't know. So the yeah. question now kind of becomes how many hours do you think is acceptable for that? Uh, I can't really put an hour on it, but I would say the only thing that would be acceptable is gear. Um, however long it takes you to get the gear required. So I would say from for that, um, you're probably looking at Mythic Plus runs, quite a few of them, right? Yeah, but um, like, to, give, to give an idea, how am I going to get into Mythic Plus runs if I don't have the gear? Well, you, you can start with normals. And then heroics, and then mythics, and no, then do, do, a, do heroics now straight go straight up to mythic zero? Because yeah, I guess I, I think the yeah. gear actually increases. Uh, like Blizzard They've ups the item level, the item level for every yeah. every single tier. I think so. I'm 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 not really. I I haven't played World of Warcraft competitively in a really long time, so mm. I I don't really know um, that side of the thing anymore. Uh, but my heyday, the the things that I loved in WoW was back in the day, that's how you would play, you know? In fact, I remember a time where the dungeons wouldn't actually upgrade your gear. What you would do with a new character is you would do all of the dungeons, get the gear, then you would go do, and I'll use Wrath of the Lich King here, you'd go do Nectaramas because that's where the first raid is, that's where the first gear is. You need the gear from Nectaramas in order to get yourself ready for the Nexus stuff. Then you're doing the Nexus stuff, and then you go to Ulduar. And then with Ulduar, you now have enough gear, so I didn't really have to level any more characters by the time ICC came out. And I remember, I want to say ICC had some level of catch-up gear. Um, the, the, yeah, the, you had the Argent, the Argent the, tournament oh, yeah, gear. The Argent tournament gear the, that actually provided players for the first time ever with a proper way of upgrading their gear simply by doing the activities within the Argent tournament. Yeah. Um, and I would say I would say that's probably fine. Um, if you were to to if you need upgrade uh, or catch up mechanics, create a brand new hub where sort of catch up gear will be handed out to players I, I, I at a reasonable rate. I suspect that's what Zareth Mortis is kind of doing but I'm not sure how it relates yeah. into the current legendary grind as well. Because I know that you no, need Zerus Mortis, Zerus Mortis stuff yeah. in order to get your second legendary. But again, I don't know how many weeks it's going to take of people grinding. That's the thing. Yeah, no, no, no. The, the, but that's the problem with borrowed power systems, right? As soon as you yeah. have a borrowed power system that's tied to something, then no amount of catch-up gear, unless, of course, you tie all of the previous borrowed power systems to the new system, which Blizzard have never historically done. Um, but no, that's the problem with borrow power systems because now you have these two things that you have to do. You have to do Xerath Mortis for the catch-up gear so that you can go raid. 
but you also still have to do Torghast to get the the items so that you can make your legendary so that you see, can See, that's raid. the thing. I've heard that you don't... I think somebody said you don't even have to do Torghast anymore because you can get it through Xerath Mortis. But again, I'm not sure. But I am... Maybe yeah. Blizzard did go ball to the wall and just removed any reason to do Torghast, which would actually make me do Torghast again. Yeah, isn't I like, funny? I yeah. like Torghast. I just didn't like it when they fucking forced me to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 a funny thing that like um th there's that whole study of the the kids who do did drawings and whatnot and then somebody mm -hmm. brought over candy and then the conclusion that they've reached was that the kids that were just drawing because they liked it kept drawing and the kids that were getting yeah. candy stopped drawing because like well what the fuck do i want the fuck do i want to draw yeah. for you're not you're not giving me candy i'm not drawing anymore yes. <laughs> like, exactly the, the this is sort of an intrinsic versus yeah. extrinsic thing um but I would say if you're going to push me for a time limit, I would say anywhere from three days to a week, max a week, max a week. So I'm, I mean, a week if it's tied to getting unlucky. So if you could be unlucky, a, a maybe week, it's going to take you a, a week. A week is very like... <laughs> Not game time. I mean, week as in maybe you play four hours a day. Four hours, so, that is very generous. A lot days. of people don't have four hours there to play, but okay, so a uh, week, a week of four hours, that's seven times four. Uh, that would be 28 hours. Yeah, but you, as I said, that's if it's tied to luck. So in other words, you could get unlucky and something doesn't drop for you, right? For mm -hmm. most people, it's going to be, say, anywhere from 16 to 20 hours, but there is a slight chance that you could get a little unlucky and it goes a little bit longer provided that the content that you do in order to get the catch-up gear is actually fun and good i don't mind that because I, like and i not said mod dailies because if it's mod dailies fuck that yeah, yeah. i ain't spending no fucking five hours doing mod dailies. yeah no absolutely it should not be it should not be a tedious grind it can be a grind there can be grinds attached to it but it should definitely not be tedious um and the grind should technically be a little bit op optional so what i would do here is basically do a baseline gear, uh, like gear set, that is the bare minimum of what you need to go into normal. But then through the grind, you can upgrade that a little by getting a slightly better pieces uh, that would actually give you more than enough to go into normal and actually, you know, be fine in normal and then go into heroic and then go into mythic. Um, but I would say that's about the cutoff or catch up that I would allow. Because I think ultimately going too hard means that a, a lot of people are going to feel too punished to actually come back. Going too easy means that it becomes the best way to play the game. Um, so you are sort of caught between a rock and a very hard place. TBC would be a great example of going too hard. In order to come back, you had to do every single raid in the game. You had to attune yourself to every single one of those raids. So back then, there were literally guilds designed for every tier of the raid. Like, people would guild jump in order to go, because you would have some guilds that would do tier one Karazhan, and then you would have guilds that do the next tier and the next and, and the next and the next. So people would sort of go, all right, I'm in the Karazhan guild now, I get my kill, now I jump to the next one, I get my kill, I jump to the next. So that could take months, right, yeah. in order to get all those clearances so that you can actually get to the new raid. That's not good, but you also don't want to have it so easy that it's the preferred way to play the game. 
Um, borrow power makes that very difficult to even talk about because of how do you do it? I'd say as long as it's a good, clean system, I, I think anywhere from three days to a week of playtime um, and something that you could easily grind out in a single day is fine. If if you have uh, an entire Saturday available, just sit there, grind it out, and be done. With I that. don't I don't know what is the the proper answer for this because it all depends on how engaging the content is going to be, right? Ultimately, that's that's the way that I look at it. Uh, I was thinking like yeah, ten hours, fifteen hours, ten hours, fifteen hours, and then you can have some portions in there that are maybe a little bit more boring or whatever. I think that's kind of like where I'd like it to be in order for you to be able to catch back up to a brand new character or something like that. Not not leveling, because obviously if you have to level, that should take longer. But if you have an already max level character, it should take you around 10 to 15 hours, and that'd be pretty cool about it. Now I'm curious, yeah. like, what are your plans in regards to when do you plan on jumping back in? Pre-patch? Uh, I've been thinking about it more and more now. Yeah, of course, because um, we're, we're slowly moving towards that. Yeah, not just that. I, I, there are parts of World of Warcraft that I genuinely do enjoy and that I would like to get back into at some point. Um, it's especially a fun game when you know you're not streaming and you just sort of want time to kill while you're watching things. Um, I might jump back in, you know, within the next month or so. Hmm. Um, just get back in. But like I said, I'm just gonna get back in just to sort of do shit uh I think, maybe label some characters i think that ideally for me i'm considering again depending on what else is happening at the time because we don't know when the game is going live we don't know when the pre-patch is going live but i yeah. was thinking that ideally would be like maybe two weeks before the pre-patch because then you'd have enough time to like fuck around in the current state of the game figure out mm -hmm. what is what maybe even engage in some random grind that you find interesting or whatever yeah and then the pre-patch comes and because you've been playing the game for two weeks you're familiar with your character familiar with the rotation the new things come and you're like oh now i get to change this thing and that thing and whatever and you're, as opposed to yeah. if you jump into the pre-patch you can just be like oh my god i don't remember any of this and even though the yeah. pre-patch can be good there's going to be a lot of attrition there of you just trying to figure out the thing while everybody else yeah. is already oh i figured out i'm already doing this and doing that and doing the other thing and you're just like i don't even know which buttons to press i'm still installing <laughs> add-ons to make this shit work right so yeah. i think that two weeks ahead of the pre-patch might be when i would consider jumping in again depending on what is happening at the time because like if suddenly there's yeah. a new final fantasy thing there's a new monster on a thing it's like well yeah <laughs> <laughs> but if there's nothing I, happening i think that two weeks ahead of the pre-patch i will jump in check to see how things are doing uh prepare my ui because usually it takes me like five hours to set up my ui properly so that it's workable because i don't do well nah, i'm UI. also slow as shit but we're getting with the pre-patch we're getting like a major overhaul of the ui so that's is the pre-patch gonna bring the new cool. ui usually it does um i'd be well surprised if it doesn't uh because usually they do almost all of the uh is quote unquote menial changes because when the new in ui comes right? in i don't want to be using any add-ons when the new ui well, then, comes in uh, i'm deleting all the add-ons like that's it and then i'm good i'm gonna judge the game exactly like that like how does the game play without the add-ons 
Because so the, pre-patch, if we're being fair, that's the way I play 14. No add-ons. No. Uh, but okay, so pre-patch usually brings all the class changes. Yeah. So you get brand new classes and then also any updates that would be made to the UI is also yeah, I made saw the, in pre-patch. I saw the warrior tree. That warrior tree, the protection oh, warrior yeah. tree is looking, I, yeah. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I mean, I don't like the fact that the first thing that is in there is ignore pain. And I'm just like, fuck, I wish you would just remove this ability from the fucking game, dude. Ignore pain fucking blows. <laughs> but ignore pain is on there. And I was like, ah, oh, whatever. But they're bringing back something, which I don't know if it was in Shadowlands or not. I don't think it was. The thing where you place Rend on the mob and then you spread Rend with Thunderclap. I don't think that was in Shadowlands, if I'm not mistaken. I have no idea. But uh, I remember doing that in some expansion. I was like, this is fun, spreading Ren all over the fucking place. And then on top of it, you got deep wounds. So you get Ren, deep wounds. And then there was like a, a skill that would heal you for the bleeds that you were doing for deep wound ticks, I think. Jesus. There was uh, there was some interesting stuff in there. And I was like, mm, I don't know, this, this could be cool. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it pans out. I, I'm 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 just going back because of the story, obviously. Yeah. But when it comes to tanking, I don't tank on my warrior. My warrior is uh, strictly fury or arms, depending on which one sort of is more fun to play. Uh, when I tank, it's almost always paladin or druid. Of course. Um, I prefer. It's not because I think warriors are bad tanks that I just don't find them fun. Um, my most fun tank is druid. Uh, I don't know why, because Druid tends to also be one of the most boring tanks. Yeah. But I just kind of like the Druid tanking. Bear I ass. Don't I don't like bear ass, dude. I don't like looking at bear ass all day. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> did, they, did they come out uh, with, did they come out with um, Warlock trees yet or no? Yeah. I haven't seen them yet, but oh. they have been out for a few days. Um, you haven't, haven't you're not, you're not all. curious at looking at your baby? I, no, because I hate seeing it without being able to taste it. Cause oh, okay. on the face of it, it can look good with warlocks. So they already said something that pissed me off. Um, and it's probably not going to piss a lot of people off. A lot of people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Uh, they said we wanted to keep the current play style and the feel of the current warlock, and I was like, "And you Fuck. don't, you don't like it? <laughs> I hate the current play style and the feel of the warlock." So, you know, this this does not bode well for me. Uh, as an affliction warlock, for example, I prefer the more methodical, strategic approach where things are slower and your job is to manage your dots. It's not to burst shit. It's it's management of dots. That's that's what makes you good. It hasn't been that for a really long time. And if people fucking come at me saying, dude, you have to manage three dots, fuck off. Managing dots uh, in WoW modern day is nowhere near what it was back in the the, the heyday, you know, back in the glory days. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I'll see. As soon as I get access, if I get access to Alpha or Beta, um, I, I would love to go test it out. Because that's, when, it, like it, us, that's when I'll learn. Blizzard doesn't like us. Yeah, I fucking doubt I'm going to get alpha access ever or beta, to be honest. I'm going to check right now to see if I have it. <laughs> I know I don't have it. I've checked. Let me just check real quick. Oh, look at that. I have I it. Do you actually? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the reason I probably don't have it is because I don't have a subscription to the game. You think um, they're only giving it to people who are subscribed? 
in the past that's what they've done in the past they've only given access to i'm beta pretty sure that quasi wasn't subscribed they gave him yeah but he's a big streamer big boy streamer quasi uh, so they do actually yeah okay he's a pretty big boy streamer i think he has like a good 1000 2000 viewers on twitch i don't think so I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I love Quasi's content. I'm not. I'm not saying that he shouldn't. I'm saying I don't think he does, but I could be wrong. I don't know. He's also a big boy creator within the MMO space. Right? Yes. <laughs> um, which is probably why he would have gotten it. So I know, for example, way back uh, during Waters of Draenor, I think may have been Legion. Actually, no, it was Legion. Uh, Soto Poppin spent like months shit talking the game and he got access to alpha literally day one <laughs> because he's such a big streamer they, they don't really have a choice you know they kind of have to give it to him um even if they don't like the fact that he's shit talking them we just like, need, we, we just don't to give be it big. To him, we just need to be big is all there is to it guys like the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like the force blizzard into giving us alpha it's that simple oh dude imagine this podcast gets so big that we eventually get to fucking interview someone or have them on the podcast that would be cool not just wow people like yeah yoshi p or some shit that would be super fun dude cool, i man. i'd love i've i've already i've already said i'd love to interview yoshi p but whenever it comes to doing interviews the way that i would like to interview people is without guidelines as in okay you're going to interview this person and we're going to talk about patch 6.2 or patch 9.25 or 9.27 or whatever it's like no 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 i want to talk to this person about a lot of things and maybe we'll talk a little bit about this patch thing that you care about <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm the same there. I want to have an actual conversation. I do not just yeah. want to have uh, uh so I've done two interviews in my entire life so far. One was with Madeleine Rue, the writer for uh, uh Shadows Rising, and the other one was with Josh uh Keaton, I believe, the voice of Anduin. So I've had both of them on my YouTube channel before. And with both of them, the same thing. I got them on i had questions prepared you know i was prepared for yeah. a conversation should it not lead to an actual conversation but it ended up just being a conversation it ended up yeah, being those those are better back and forth chat um yeah yeah i love those uh but i do think we've gone on we're we're literally bordering on three hours <laughs> uh, it is a long one this is a very yeah. long one uh okay so when one more one more thing for me uh which mm -hmm. um the class fantasy thing i did the, the video about class fantasy which is about dungeons okay. like you know i'm a big dungeoneer and all of this stuff and i was wondering like what is your thoughts on the current state of wow dungeons like even just like leveling dungeons and uh normals mythic zeros heroics that stuff i mean most of those dungeons if you think about it it's just like aoe pull aoe kill boom done mm -hmm. efficient yeah. fast go in terms of mythic plus most of the time it is kind of like that although you do have the odd cc here and there depending on the mobs that are there and, and whatnot i was thinking back to the days where i was playing burning crusade and i'm not saying like back in my day i'm just genuinely curious where people stand nowadays when it comes to this like do you prefer this 
like fast paced. Cause I remember back when Wrath of the Lich King came out, I was like, dude, I love this. This is amazing. I don't have to worry about CC. Fuck yeah, dude. Vroom. Just like go through, yeah. tank everything, kill everything super fast. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. But like after you've done that for so long, particularly when you, yeah. when it, that's also what you do in 14, you basically go in like, a, like we said previously, it's two poles, a wall and a boss, two poles, a wall and a mm-hmm. boss, repeat. Um, yeah. it's, it's like, I was thinking particularly from almost like just a fantasy setting, isn't it cooler when you actually have the different roles and you have people like back in the day when you used to do, okay, moon is for sleep squares for freeze you know you had all of these things mm-hmm. uh purple is for yeah, sap yeah. whatever uh do you think that they would ever go back to the more methodical style of dungeons and do you think that would be a good thing or would do you prefer the way things are now okay so i famously my favorite time to dungeon was cataclysm uh in the beginning before the nerfs i think world of warcraft has an incredible problem with an aging game that's just been completely neglected. Um, I I think normal dungeons should already teach people how to play their class at max level. I think um, for a long time, I actually believed that the world, so the questing world should do that for people. And I, I just sort of, uh, since then, I've sort of refined it to the point where this isn't Elden Ring. This isn't Dark Souls. This is an MMO. You can't really have every mob be a challenge of skill for every player, right? Because different people are are on different skill levels. So what's who are we going to choose? Are we going to choose the best people and have that be a challenge for them? Because now we have a fuck-up. There's a bunch of people that can't get past level one because they keep dying to the first mobs they meet. Uh, or are we going to make it so e- hard enough for them, but then everyone else is just smashing through it easy? So you can't really do that. But in dungeons, I've I've long said, Blizzard should take a methodical approach and take it dungeon by dungeon and rework every single dungeon in the game. Bring it up to par to be level appropriate for the player that is going to do that content. So that... Say, for example, you have a dungeon that you can do at level 10. So what CC would you have available at level 10? Most classes might not have CC at that point. Okay, so we're not going to have CC here, but we are going to challenge you. We're going to put stuff in here that sort of the tank has to learn how to taunt and the tank has to learn how to do some AoE tanks. Maybe they just got their AoE ability. Um, And the players need to learn what target selection is like. Uh, am I just going to randomly attack everything? That's probably not the best idea. I need to wait for the tank to get through You know, stuff like this. Um, so I personally would like if Blizzard went back and sort of updated things to be more methodical and be more surgical. And especially once you get to the latter levels, uh, the, the, the 40s, 50s, 60s. This is where dungeons have to become uh, kind of thinking about it. Not hard, but there needs to be a think. You know, so I'm I'm agree I'm a, I'm in agreement with you there. A mark system, you know, blue. Okay, we have the blue square that needs to be frozen. We have the circle paladin. You're gonna stun there. Um, you know that sort of things. I think I I think is stuff that's missing from the game. And the main reason I say it's missing from the game is if you have classes that get different abilities at different levels. There needs to be a reason why they're getting those abilities at those levels. 
if you're level 40 and you just got entangled on your druid, why did you get entangled on your druid? If you're not going to use entangled at all until maybe max level, yeah. well, then why didn't you just fucking get it at max level? The fact that you got it at level 40 means there needs to be a reason for you to use it at level 40. And that reason can't just be, I want to see what this new ability is like, right? Because that's usually what you do in WoW whenever you get a new ability. Yeah. You use it in a couple of mobs just to go, what is this ability? Am I ever going to use this in a dungeon? No, not now. At least not until Mythic Plus. Uh, but I still, you know, I want to see what it's like. Um, so no, yeah, there I agree with you. I prefer, but I think this also goes into the whole class fantasy discussion. Like you said, I think class fantasy is a big problem in World of Warcraft, but it seems to be a problem that Blizzard have now finally given up on. Uh, Blizzard have literally come out and say, said, uh, we no longer believe in class fantasy, nor are we going to design the game to be, yeah, they believe in spec fantasy now. Uh, they've embraced spec fantasy as the new... Uh, quote unquote philosophy going it's, it's into kind of like craft. it's kind of like the same thing though i mean you have a rogue in a certain spec is going to have a mm -hmm. sap and no reason to do it in dungeons yeah but the the so the thing with class fantasy and and spec fantasy um up until wallet draenor yeah up until wallet draenor world of warcraft was based around the idea of Actually, I'm lying. Up until really Mr. Fandaria, World of Warcraft was based around the idea of classes. You weren't an affliction warlock. You weren't a demonology warlock. You, you were a warlock. And you just happened to have specced into dots more or into demons more or into, you know, fire more. But you were a warlock. At your core, that's what you were. The class was designed around you being a warlock. And as a warlock, you had basically all of the same spells with the difference being your rotation would be different due to the fact that you got different spells based on your specialization. But you still had access to all of the other spells. And for a lot of it, so famously, for example, um, as a demonology warlock, you still had all of the same dots that an affliction warlock would have baseline that you would use in your rotation, plus then a bunch of new things like Doom, for example, that you had to refresh once a minute. And people always looked at that going, oh my God, once a minute, dude, what the fuck? It was actually uh, a much more thought-provoking dot than most people realized, but you know, most people are morons, so they didn't know. Um, and then you had your demon form and all the rest of it, you know, that would change the playstyle, but the basic dots were the same. You still had Curse of Agony, you still had Corruption, you still had your Curse of Elements and your Curse of Weakness and all the rest of it. So those were still there, they were just added things. So for Affliction, again, baseline, same dots, but it would have added things, right? So there would be added dots on top of it, the dots would slightly change the way that they functioned, but it was all about you're a warlock first. Now, you're not a rogue. You're not a warlock. You are a subtlety rogue, or you are an outlaw rogue, or you are an affliction warlock. So now they are sort of embracing actually the point of you are your own spec. So if you're a warlock, an affliction warlock, you're nothing like the destruction warlock. You're nothing like the demonology warlock. You're an affliction warlock. 
And the only thing that sort of ties you together still is the fact that your class tree is going to be exactly the same, regardless of what. But your play style can be completely different. So Blizzard gave up on that. It's going to be interesting to see if it pays off for them, because um, the current way of class design didn't work. Uh, this is why Blizzard is going this new direction. So let's see, because Blizzard have for the last few years tried to bring back that class fantasy feel, and that's not worked. So I think Blizzard is now at a point where they're going, okay, since the player base wants class fantasy, let's just go with class fantasy, uh, spec fantasy, let's just go with spec fantasy instead. Because uh, the player base clearly is rejecting the whole class fantasy thing. Uh, how that pertains to the dungeon argument, it makes no difference. Uh, because yes, like you said, you're still gonna have sap that you're not gonna fucking use. Yeah. Uh, because you don't have to, right? Yeah. yeah that's my two cents on on the matter. It's like I I just I just really wish that you know dungeons would be more like an adventure as opposed to something that pretty much everybody that is in there they just want to leave as fast as possible. Like that that's kind of like the vibe that you get when somebody goes into a dungeon nowadays and and World yeah. of Warcraft. It's like you want to go into the Mythic Plus. You want to get out of there as fast as possible. You want to interact with the people that are in that group the least amount as possible. You don't want to get yeah. to know them. You don't want to get to know their problems. You don't want to get to, you just want them to be good at whatever they happen to be doing. And you want to go fast and you want to get out of there as fast as you can possibly can so that you can sit in Oribos and run laps. Yeah, but there's a reason for it, <laughs> right? There's the time. When you go yes. into a dungeon... Not really just a timer, but when you go into a dungeon, you're joined by four NPCs. It doesn't matter that those four NPCs actually have computers that they're playing on. To you, they are tools. They're not people. They're not, they're not players. They are tools. You have four tools that's, that's supposed to get you to the other side of this challenge. So you're not going to get to know them. You're not going to ask their names. You're not even going to talk to them because they're a tool. Tools don't need personalities. You don't need to know anything about them. You just need them to get you to the other side. And you are their tool. They are using you to get to the other side. Everybody's that, using uh, everybody else. Yes. And I don't know how you change that. Like genuinely, genuinely I, I do not know what Blizzard does to change that. Because Blizzard got themselves into this with a game design philosophy that basically destroyed any and all community. But now that it is destroyed, I don't know how you bring it back. It is it is interesting. By, by the way, I'm probably going to split this podcast in two because it's just so long, so it's whatever. If we go on a little bit longer, it's not the end of the world, unless you have to go. I assume you... Do, do you have to go or uh, no, you got some time? I have to go soon-ish, but not not immediately. Okay. So um, the, um, the, the thing is, back in the day before we had the Dungeon Finder, that's actually how mm -hmm. I was recruited to my first guild. Because like we yeah. just we just formed an impromptu group uh, to go through heroic one of the dungeons that are in the um, in the Serpent Shrine Caverns. I don't know which one it was. It was one of the heroic yeah. dungeons in Serpent Shrine Caverns. And so I formed the group to do that dungeon, and we're we're running through the dungeon. And you know everything's going fine. You know I'm doing marks and stuff because you're supposed to CC yeah. back in the day in heroics. Yep. So I'm doing my marks and everything is going fine. The CC is going and we're killing bosses and we're doing everything okay. We finished yeah. the dungeon and, and you know and people were talking while we were going through the dungeon. Ah, oh, this thing happened, that thing happened. People don't really do that anymore. And no. So we we run through the dungeon. 
We finish the dungeon and we're all just like, hey guys, thank you, good run, bye-bye, whatever. And then everybody disbands and everybody goes do their own thing. Shortly mm -hmm. after, I receive a message from the priest that was healing that dungeon. And the priest is telling me, hey, you tanked pretty good. Uh, how'd you like to join our guild? I noticed you didn't have one. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So I joined their guild and within two weeks or something like that, I was doing my very first ever raid. It was Karazhan. And it's like, that yeah. was super organic the way that happened. Like I met somebody in the mm -hmm. dungeon run, we were talking, they thought I tanked okay. And then we go and we start a group and I go on to, to a guild and whatnot. And we start, yeah. you know, raiding. It was, it was literally that simple. In the current yeah. way that we have things, that is never going to happen because again, people no. jump into a dungeon and they just want to like, wham, bam, leave. Wham, bam, leave. And yeah. it is something that I, you, I constantly rack my brain around. How do we change that mentality? And I'm not sure if like making dungeons harder is going to be the way, because that's essentially what yeah. we're arguing for. Make dungeons more methodical, make people have to think more so that they have to communicate yeah. more. It's kind of like, yeah. if you think about it like that, you have to kind of like communicate more with the people that are with you in the dungeon. Maybe that will lead people to, you know, talk more or eventually yeah. engage more and a little bit more social. Maybe that will not yeah. be the case. But if you do have that adventure, and I'm not even talking about just like Mark, I'm talking about specific mechanics, almost like the stuff that we're talking about for the variant dungeons earlier, mm -hmm. Um, because you know, there's going to be branching paths. Maybe there's buttons that you can press. Maybe there's activities that you can do. Like, I think they're talking about doing something with professions kind of like there mm -hmm. was something like this in Shadowlands where if you had someone from, uh, like Bastion in the, the, the Bastion dungeon, you'd be able to activate some ads that would come in and help you and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And there, there were th things like that with the covenants. Except what those end up promoting is like, oh, you, you probably want to bring someone from this covenant when you do this dungeon because you'll be able to trigger this thing that's going to be beneficial. And they're thinking about doing some, I think I've heard somewhere in a podcast that they're doing something like that for professions. So certain professions will be able to do certain things. I'm not sure if that's yeah. the way to go about it, but I think there definitely should be things that people are able to do during the dungeon that kind of like yes. change up the way that the dungeon goes beyond just like, potential cc and stuff like that i think i think difficulty is one way but when you think about it the back in tbc so here's the thing when human beings are in uh, 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 sort of confronted by difficulty they find ways around said difficulty so let's go back to the days of tbc it's very difficult to find players to play with um there's a couple of ways to do that, and uh, the most efficient way is to stand in town and spam to, until you get a full group, and yeah. then you go do the thing. So the the obstacle is getting people together to actually play the game. The solution to said problem is, one, stand in town and spam, and this can take anywhere from three, four, five, six hours, depending on, and I'm not being hyperbolic here it once took me six hours to find a tank to to uh do hellfire uh <sighs> ramparts man, uh, in tanking hellfire life Peninsula. is good man tanking life is so good it's nice to know that yes. we're so needed <laughs> <laughs> it took me six hours to get a group together for that <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a complete waste i was with my friends on vent so a mumble actually we didn't use vent but on Mumble, just hanging out, you know, shooting the shit. 
uh, while we were waiting for it. Um, my friends at the time, though, uh, was much too low level to join. So I was standing there alone waiting for people to fucking get in. But anyways, so uh, that's option number one. Option number two is to find people to join your guild, right? Because if you yeah. have enough people in your guild, now you can actually go do things. The problem breeds solutions. The solutions breed community. This is why communities exist. Why, why do people live in towns and cities? Because it's easier than living in the middle of fucking nowhere alone. Yep. Because if you're living in the middle of nowhere alone, well, you're going to have to generate all of your own power. You're going to have to get all of your own water. You're going to have to build all of your own shit. And if you don't know how to build something, you're just not having it. Right? You just don't have it because you can't fucking build it yourself. We move to towns and cities because the problems there can be solved by many people at the same time. It makes it easier. The problem breeds the solution. The solution breeds community. Now, there is a point where that breaks down, but that's in the real world, not in gaming world. But what do you have with World of Warcraft when they design things like uh, the, the dungeon queues and the dungeon finder systems? You now have systems that replaces the need for that community. Now, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, because it obviously isn't. Uh, there are plenty of games that have dungeon finders that do not run into the same problems as World, as World of Warcraft does. I believe that the problem or the, the big moment where World of Warcraft went sort of on a path of no return was in their handling of servers, realms to be specific. Uh, it used to be back in the day for anyone that didn't play back then. I feel fucking old when I say that. But <laughs> realms were entirely ecosystems closed off from everywhere else. Yeah. If you were in a different realm to me, we could not play together. We couldn't even whisper each other. We were, for all intents and purposes, not even playing the same game. You did not matter to me. Um, and I didn't matter to and you. That's that's harsh, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it is the truth, though, right? But what happens is um, I'm becoming friends with the people in my realm. I get to know people on my realm. Yeah. So we had, for example, famously... Uh, Way back in the day on Kazakh, we had a famous druid that would be, he was actually famous for ninja looting. So no one would join his groups. And whenever he spammed to fill a group, there would be like four or five whispers, not whispers, literal messages and trade afterwards going, do not join his group. He's a fucking ninja looter. This is what he did to me last week. So that guy eventually just went quiet, uh, either changed his name or maybe quit the, the realm because people figured out, don't fucking play with this asshole. He's a, he's a piece of shit. He ninja loots shit. So uh, the, the realm sort of took care of itself. It, it, it sort of made sure that all the assholes got bullied out and that the good people got celebrated. So we, for example, were one of two guilds that did alt runs every Friday and Saturday in ICC. And we would have people lining up to the wazoo to join our run instead of the other run, because the other run, the leader of that run, uh, it was two guilds. It was our guild and their guild that were doing these runs every Friday and Saturday. And their guild master, who was also the leader of those runs, had a tendency to, whenever items dropped that he really wanted, he would get them. Right? <laughs> yeah, guys, listen. We need to give me this item. Yeah, <laughs> like, we like, really what? need to no, give no, me no. this we, item. We need to give this item to me because it's important. You guys need to understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need 
me to have this. It's going to be so much better next time. Trust me, guys. And, exactly. and the next time you guys can get it. Unless you <laughs> yeah. was a warrior. So we might be dual wielding that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, but guys, we need, the- <laughs> we need for me to have two of these items. You just need to this is something our group really needs. Okay. <laughs> but this is, this is exactly it, right? People would come to us. And this is, like, we started originally just doing it on Friday nights. Uh, this is even before I left to for Kazakh. This was when we were still playing on like fucking uh, Ragnaros, right? We would we would do this, and people fucking lined up to join because they really they knew who we were and they knew yeah. that we did this and they loved doing it with us. Um, but that's the thing you you kind of had to. There was no other way. This was the way you got to know people. You you got to link up with people and you made friends with people, and then you would invite people to your guild because it would make life easier. Now you have this. All of the realms have become one realm, effectively, but they're not one realm. They're, they are different realms, but they're connected in a way that you can play with anyone. So the chances of you meeting anyone twice in World of Warcraft is almost zero. Yeah. Um, so you can be as much of an asshole or as untalkative as you want, and no one is going to know because they'll never see you again. And, and that's, in my opinion, Blizzard's biggest mistake. Blizzard should have in the past what they should have done. This would have pissed a lot of people off, but it would have been the best option when they did all of these realm mergers, these these cross-realm things. What they should have done instead is they should have merged the realms together. And now the reason Blizzard didn't want to do this at the time is they said, uh, what about names? If you have duplicate names, this is going to cause people to have to be forced to change their name, and that's not going to work. And it's like, well... Yeah, it's not going to work for a short time, but people will change their names and It'll, then they'll be happy on this new realm. It, 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 listen, there's a 50-50. You just do a 50-50 roll. It's like <laughs> there's yeah. two two people with the same name. They get a 50-50 roll. If there's three people, they get a three-way split. And it's like somebody is going to get the name and somebody is going to fucking lose it. Upset. And that would have been yeah. better. Yeah. But then you had a new realm that was bigger, so it could actually support a community. And what would happen there is that realm would now get to know each other, and they would eventually become good friends. Hmm. Now, that's never going to be the case on massive realms like Sylvanas at the time or Kazakh nowadays. That's not going to be the case, but this is the same thing with cities. In small towns, everyone knows everyone, and community is a lot better. In cities, no one knows no one, and there is almost no community. But that's just the the nature of of size, and Blizzard can't really stop that. But at least it would have it, it would have preserved the integrity of that community feel, whereas that's gone, and I don't know how you get it back. Yeah, I was I, I didn't even realize the when I was uh, talking about my story, but it's like yeah, what you what you just said, like if if back when I had this story with the priest recruiting me for the guild and all of that stuff. It was a multi-realm dungeon system. It wouldn't have mattered. I probably would have never met that priest again in my life. I would have never joined the guild. It would have been like, whatever. Boom, done. Never happened. Yeah. Exactly. That's life, bro. Yeah. I don't know how Blizzard... Blizzard have a lot of problems, and it is problems that that really comes with age. 
you can't really do anything about it. Like, right? well, it's... for instance, what are what are your plans in terms of like a guild coming back in? Are you just going to be a solo player when you when you jump back into yeah. Dragonflight? Yeah, that's the thing. I think that I've most been... players are thinking about it like that. They just want to go in there and be solo players. I'm thinking about yeah. like I would like to have a guild. I'm not sure if I will have a guild or not because pretty much ever since I start started taking my big breaks in World of Warcraft. Every time I come back to World of Warcraft, I usually go back to my old Raidler and I'm like, hey, you got a guild? Can I join? <laughs> and now the problem is I've taken my raid leader, my old raid leader away from World of Warcraft and brought him to Final Fantasy XIV and now he's not coming back. Yeah. He's like, yeah, done with that I, game. Not playing that shit I, anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Let me, can I say that? I don't know yet. Uh, my current plans is to play solo. I've been playing solo for all of BFA and all of Shadowlands because the you games didn't, you just didn't weren't raid, good right? enough. You didn't raid. No. Yeah. No. The last raids I did, the last time I raided was in Taurus the Burning Throne. Uh, got to Mythic um, Argus and then Cause like, decided I'm done. The, the thought of doing... Pug raids? Because, like, look, LFR is ass. I, I don't, you mm. can't look at LFR's rating because it's not. No. It's no, really, it really isn't. Because, like, again, if you guys were listening to either this podcast or the previous one, because, like I said, I'm splitting this shit up. But um, if you guys were listening, whenever we talk about rating, we talk about solving a puzzle. There are no puzzles in LFR. LFR is just, like, it's a group of zergs. It's just a bunch of zerglings. A bunch of them are going to die along the way because they're expendable. That's the way that LFR yeah. works. You just... Throw Zergs at the bosses until the bosses fall down. That's literally yeah. the way that LFR works. So I raided LFR a couple of times and I said to myself, never again. So in order to even do like normal, uh, I'm just like thinking like pugging that is not a good experience traditionally because no. most people have unreasonable expectations. They're going to be like, yeah, you saw the guide, right? It's like, well, no, I want, I want to figure out the puzzle. It's almost like, oh, you're playing this single-player game. You've seen the ending, right? You know what happens. Like, no, I, I haven't seen the ending of the single-player game. It's like it's the same thing with the raid. I haven't seen the mechanics of the raid. I want to go in there, and I want to yeah. see them, and I want to figure it out. Now, I don't know how many mm -hmm. pugs are doing, like, blind runs, but I would imagine that it's probably not going to be that many. For some reason, this actually works in, in 14. I believe that that is because raids communicate their mechanics much better. There's no need for add-ons or anything like that to explain the mechanics to you. The raids communicate the mechanics, and people are willing to tell you, like, if they see somebody fucking up a mechanic that they're familiar with, they're like, hey, listen, that mechanic that you were targeted by, here's how to solve it. Usually that's the way it goes. Yeah. People very yeah. rarely rage quit, although, again, it is also due to the fact that it's eight players, and if, if somebody rage quits, you can just requeue, or you can wait a little bit, and another player will join. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. But uh, in World of Warcraft, for some reason, this traditionally doesn't happen. And like one or two people leaving a pug raid usually means, well, so, raid is over. It's because everybody's going to start leaving. It's, it's a cascading effect. Nobody wants to waste their time. They would rather go yeah. and try to form a new group rather than try yeah. to salvage a group of 18 people because two people left. It, yes. For some reason, that's the way it goes. And it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to do raiding, proper rating you kind of need a guild you kind of need a group because yes. you don't want to be pugging because that's just like not a cool experience yeah my issue is just i hate the idea of being reliant on anyone and i despise the idea of having to play specific times of the week yeah uh i don't have time to do that 
Uh, I want to, well, maybe now with my new schedule, maybe I can. It, it's all going to depend because, you know, I stream or I try to stream as, as like, let's say five or six days a week. Um, I stream until six, seven o'clock in the evening. Then I edit the videos from the streams. Um, so I, I finish by nine and then I go to bed, right? Yeah. Uh, go straight to bed, wake up at 5 a.m., start working again. So for me, raiding is sort of like I have to make a choice. Either I raid and I have fun there because I do like raiding. It's not like I, I hate raiding. I love raiding. So either I raid and have fun there or I work and make money. And for me, yeah. <laughs> the answer is almost always let's work and make money. Um, you know, I mean, it's a Saturday and you're, you and I both are <laughs> not having a weekend, just working. And right yeah. after this, I'm going to be working, yeah. right? Um, actually, I'm first going to the shops, but then I'm going to be working. Yeah, same uh, here. And then tomorrow, I have, again, uh, tomorrow night, I do my uh, Q&A on YouTube. And then right after that, I do the podcast for patrons. Uh, so I I don't have weekends. I don't, I don't take days off. I basically work all the time. So for me that idea of taking three, four hours a night and, and doing like raids. It is, is not really, it is not very hard. Content. Yeah, it, it is. Very, like I did it for, for 14 where mm -hmm. we'd get together about three times a week. It is two hours, three times a week. And the, the worst thing is that be, I think it's mostly because of me, we have to do it really late. It's like nine 30. Cause before nine 30, yeah. Me being like with the kids in bed and all of that bullshit, it's almost impossible. And yeah. so it's 930 uh, at the time we do it. And we we raid for two hours exactly, which I don't even know if that's feasible in World of Warcraft because two hours gets almost nothing. I remember raiding in WoW for like three or four hours. But like mm -hmm. in 14 terms, two hours is a lot because you're constantly pulling. Like every five minutes you're pulling. It's like, oh, we wipe. Mm -hmm. oh, go again. Oh, we're about to wipe. Okay, wipe faster so that we go again. Get another pull in, more pulls, more pulls. I would wager that in like two hours of raiding, we've we do like five times the amount of pulls that somebody does in two hours of raiding in WoW. Easily. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like, I can see there's that. no trash. It's just the boss. The boss is there. You go mm -hmm. in, boom, done. There's not that much to worry about because like food buffs last forever. Not forever. They last yep. for like 30 minutes, but they don't disappear on death. So it's like you can even eat twice and you have one hour of food buffs. So throughout the yeah. course of an evening, you already know you're going to eat four meals because it's half an hour mm -hmm. per. And then, you know, it's just about potting when we feel like we've got the fight down. So you just need the, yeah. food, the, the food buffs, the pots, boom, done. That's it. There's yeah. no like... Oh, I got to get, uh, you know, every pull. We got to eat the feast. We got to drink the flasks. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, we also have the potions. It's like it's too much. And then on top of it, there's the trash. There's the running back to the boss. There's none of that. It's like you die. Yeah. You're right in front of the boss again. Good to go. Yeah, I think maybe if I do ever come back, it will be a, a, a special guild. Um, I'll probably make the guild myself. I don't like joining other guilds because... Uh, other people are fucking stupid. Um, wow. Do you yeah, plan on, on EU or NA? EU. Oh. 
Yeah. See, if you I could, if you, if you would join the alliance, I, I could play with you, but not like this. I would never join the fucking <laughs> yeah. alliance. Scum. Actually, there's cross, there's cross faction play now. I can yeah. be your tank even if I'm not in your guild. <laughs> True. Um, but I'll probably start a guild, but this will be a, a very special guild that basically no guides. You're not allowed to watch guides. Blind. There's no serious bullshit. This is full blind runs. Um, and I don't want people that sort of fucking take shit too seriously. It should be for fun. And if you, No, dude, if rating is serious fun, fucking business. This is life or death, you understand? No, fuck that. No. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that in the past, and I'm pretty sure it keeps people back. I'm pretty sure it makes it, it makes shit just just unnecessary. Yeah, there there's too, yeah. there there ends up being too much drama. Mm. And it's not supposed to be a job, right? It's a fucking game. Yeah, it's supposed to be a game. You're supposed to, to have a good time, and it's like, hey, if you make it, you make it. If you don't, you don't. There was even like um a while ago in Monster Hunter World, they came up with this monster Fatalis. They released mm -hmm. him in a, in a patch, and it was really hard. And the first couple of attempts I did, I was like, I wasn't able to kill it. And I even made a video saying, if I never kill this monster, that is fine. Because it is a, a challenge that you look forward to, and maybe you'll kill it, mm -hmm. maybe you won't. I'm going to keep smashing yeah. my face on it. But if I don't kill it, it's fine, because I can see the mechanics. I can see how it works. I can see the puzzle. Mm -hmm. I'm just having problems with the execution. That was my thought process, and I was like... This is yeah. fine. This is amazing. And yet the game got review bombed because people thought it was too hard. Imagine review bombing a game with thousands of hours of content because this monster's too hard. It's too yeah, hard. Yeah, that's people. That's people <laughs> for you, isn't it? That's what people are like. Yeah. That's why I say people are fucking stupid, man. Like, yeah. uh, not everyone. There's obviously the intelligent ones, but there are a lot of fucking stupid ones out there as well that just ruin it for the rest of us. Pretty much. In my opinion, at least. So another thing that we should talk about is how uh, Dragon Riding got nerfed, just like I um, mm. kind of predicted. You, you probably remember there was that podcast where I talked about they went yeah. too hard on Dragon Riding at the start, right? Mm -hmm. And then it got nerfed. And if they nerf it, people are going to fucking hate it. And guess what? It happened. It happened exactly yeah. like I predicted. People fucking hate it. The fact that But I'm pretty sure... So they they've only nerfed the Drakthir soar ability. No, so no, the no, 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 no. Speed have been nerfed. Because like six hundred and forty percent. I be, didn't they nerf? Didn't they also nerf? Oh, the the other one was previously. It was the other week they nerfed like the speed of regular regular dragon riding as well. No, as far as I know, no, no. The speed is still the same. The only thing that got nerfed on normal dragon riding is um, the turning. Turning, yeah. yeah. So it's harder to turn. The sore okay, one I was, is. I was confusing. I was confusing that. Okay, so the drag theories are the ones who got nerfed. So yeah. that that begs the question: Why not just put dragon riding in the open world? Because clearly you can do it. Because mm -hmm. the drag theory can do it. So yeah. why not just let everybody I think it's, do it? I think it's because they want to figure out. Um, they they first want to figure like they wanted to feel special in Dragon Isles. For now, if you open it up to the whole world, um, it, it takes away from that this is a special thing that is at first only meant for the Dragon Isles. And I think also they don't want to set up a, a sort of world in which people just come to expect it. I mean, uh, maybe they realize halfway through the expansion, you know what, this is really not a good way of doing flying. Uh, 
people are sort of bored with it or a lot of people are doing scumbag things with it that we can't really stop because there is the opportunity for cheating uh, yeah. with the dragon riding. It's like, so uh, anyone that anyone should know what speed buffs are or speed uh, sort of hacks are in the game. Now, companies like Blizzard, games like Blizzard have anti-cheat software that will basically ban you automatically if you move faster than what you can actually move. This is how they catch speed bugs or, or speed hacks, actually. This is how they catch those hackers. But now you have a system that allows for that fast of a movement speed. Um, so there's it's always trigger false positives. Yeah, it's going to trigger a lot of false positives. It could also be used by the hackers and the, 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 the cheat makers to actually sort of create their cheats now even harder to to see so there's a lot of things that could turn blizzard off this system and just be like okay you know this was cool for dragonflight but we're never doing this again but now if you've given it to the whole world how the fuck do you take that away because now you are physically removing flying yeah from if, game, if right? you just if you just see the current reaction to people when they nerf the speed of it like a lot of people are really mad that they're nerfing the speed of the drakthir it's, yeah. And it's like, this is still an alpha, and people are already mad. Imagine, like, putting it into the whole open world and then not, yep. and then taking it away. Yeah. It is a conundrum, but I, I mm -hmm. still feel like the way to do it is they shouldn't have let you go as fast at the start. They, sh they should have added that later. It would have been, mm -hmm. like, a better way of, you know, just going like, okay, here's what we have planned, and let's say it's, like, 600% faster. It's still like twice the current maximum speed or whatever, right? Yeah. So this is what we got planned. And then in a future patch, it'd be like, okay, we want to test this to the limits. So we're going to increase this brutally and see how it feels and see if the game can handle it or not. And then mm -hmm. they could do the testing of like the super fast version. And then they could make the decision. And when they would make that decision, I think that there would be, there would be less pushback from the community rather than like, here's what we got planned. Maximum speed, maximum responsiveness, maximum everything. Yeah. And then you start taking it away. So I think the only reason, I think it should also be just stated, the only reason people are currently so angry about the change is uh, twofold. The one is that SOAR is now 640%. And even though Blizzard did say that SOAR will be a weaker version of Dragon Riding, people are still annoyed. And the main reason I believe people are annoyed is due to the fact that this is on a four minute cooldown was five minutes until this week i believe when blizzard yeah. actually nerfed the time or buffed it to only be on a four minute cooldown now i think blizzard should keep it at 640 but lower the cooldown to one minute and suddenly no one complains anymore because the only thing that is pissing people off right now is you've nerfed the speed of it but it's on a five minute cooldown so if i use this okay it's a shittier version of dragon riding but i can only do it once every five minutes so if i fuck up i have to wait five minutes before i can try again and it's also shittier than the normal dragon riding yeah so it's not really i think a lot of people are sort of going you're removing one of the funnest things we did in the game because this was something that we could do in the open world that we can't do with dragon riding. I, I think that when it comes to the sore ability, due to the fact that it's a racial, there's also a factor that you have to compare it to all of the other racials currently in the game. And no character yeah, but, can do anything nearly that cool. 
Yeah, but no other character has a racial of five minutes. Even like arguably some of the stronger racial. Don't uh, in the game. what's what's the cooldown on like goblin rocket boots or whatever? I have no idea. I, I know that I know that I like the um, the dark iron dwarfs have like a beefy cooldown on their mole machine thing. So there are some beefy cooldowns in there. Yeah, but the mole—I mean, the mole machine thing—is is sort of, I think, the equivalent of what other mole machine thing, and it's like half an hour, I think. Uh, like every half an hour, because that's a massive teleport ability, right? Yeah. Where you can sort of teleport. So there's, the as you can you see, there's thing not where you want. You have to like unlock it. I've I've played around with that thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't remember the exact time on it. I do remember that it's pretty fucking beefy. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, there but are I abilities mean, longer than five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, but we could argue that this is not anywhere near as strong as most racials would be, right? It's nowhere near as strong as some of the combat racials and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's a long fucking cooldown. It's a five-minute movement cooldown. Uh, I believe Goblin Rocket Jump is... I don't know how long it is, actually. I don't want to talk out of my ass here. Yeah, because um, they have, like, but, the tool belt thing, and it gives them, like, a, the rocket boots and whatnot. And I don't remember what the cooldowns are on those, but I... I think they're probably a little bit beefier than the average one minute cooldown for certain yeah. racials. I kind of feel like they need to, whenever they add racials that are this cool, they should just like add something cool for some of the other characters, some of the other races as well. Cause it, it definitely like as, as someone who likes playing regular dwarves, when mm -hmm. I first saw dark iron dwarves, I was like, bro, what the fuck, bro? Like what the hell? <laughs> like their racials is like everything is just better at everything. It's like what do you mean? <laughs> I, was, I still want to play my dwarf. Like fuck that shit. I don't. Yeah. Care. <laughs> I personally, I personally would remove the cooldown entirely on both the dark iron dwarf teleportability because it is something that you know. Yeah, they can do it. Why is there a cooldown on it? The the thing with dragon riding or soar from the drakthir, it's a dragon. It will always be able to soar. There's no point for it to be on a cooldown. Maybe nerf the speed even more, but take it off the cooldown. Oh, yeah. And so the people can move around because you can't do it in combat, right? It's not and, a combat and if you ability. Think, if you think about demon hunters, they can always glide. There's no cooldown on gliding. Yeah, they can literally glide as much as they want. This is a similar ability to that. So I don't, I think that's why people are so outraged is the fact that if you remove soar from Drakthir, it's just like every other class, right? It, it It's literally like every other race. It doesn't really have any yeah, special like, going. I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm like, oh, yeah, they should, like, be struck. Like, I don't, I have no horse in the race because I'm not going to play a drag theory. I'm not interested. Yeah, I'm not I'm, interested in casters yeah. generally. So it's whatever to me. But it, it, it does definitely kind of suck that, like, people were having fun with Soar and they're just like, we're going to nerf the fuck out of it. And it, it's weird. I, I even thought that they had nerfed dragon riding, but I guess they didn't. For some reason, I got that idea. But either way, yeah, I, I agree with your solution much more. Just like, just put it down to one minute and it's whatever. Because the, the reasonings yeah. they said is like, oh, it's because of old raids. We wouldn't want them to do old raids too fast. It's like, what the fuck? Who cares? Like, literally, no who cares? cares and about then, that shit, and then it's dude. like, it's the pet battles. We wouldn't want them to be too efficient at fucking pet battles. Bro, fuck your little Pokemon game, all right? I don't give a fuck. Like, what the fuck, uh, dude? Speaking about that, just as a sort of final thing there, uh, Pokemon something, Pokemon Snap is in World of Warcraft now. 
Oh yeah, I've I've heard like there's some like snapping thing with with dragonflight. Also, breezy was making a video about that. Yeah, an open world thing where you go on a raft down a river, and you have to take pictures of different animals, and you get scores based on the pictures that you take. Um, just a fun little open. Yeah, open I think world that's cool. Like, piece so, of content. I think some that's people awesome. will be like, "Who cares? That's not real content." It's like, no, dude, that's that's actually pretty cool. I, and I yeah, know that I just thing. railed. I just railed on pet battles. What I meant to say is, like, I don't care if someone is flying too fast from pet battle to pet battle. I'm not actually criticizing. It's their fucking pet I, battle. I, I don't. I don't. In, go there I don't engage in pet battles because it's the type of content that I personally don't want to do. But I understand mm. that there's a lot of people that care about pet battles and that they love doing pet battles. And that's in fact, fine. I, I support more pet battles coming to World of Warcraft. Yeah, go I, for I it. I wouldn't do them. Yeah. I wouldn't do them, but I do want them there for those people that do want to do them. Yeah, exactly. And it is like if if somebody's gonna switch mains to a Drakthir because it lets them do battle con battle pet content faster, is that really a big fucking deal? Like, oh my god, they're gonna complete the world quests about five minutes faster than me. Oh no. It's like who let cares? Them just have fun. Fuck. They people have fun. It's, like, it's their game. Who gives a fuck, dude? It's like it's the same energy that I get from people in Elden Ring about like you can't use summons. You summons broken. Boo 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 boo. <laughs> oh, you see, this is this this is just part of Blizzard's sort of uh they have this mindset that they can't seem to break away from. It's this mindset of we want you to play the game the right way. Yeah, we want you and to play it like, the way that we want you to play it, and that's what you have to yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> this is the right way to play our game. And it's sort of like, well, actually, no. How about you just let people play the fucking game the way that they want to play the game? It's exactly. their game. Right? You're just making it. They you, are the ones paying for it. They They're need, the ones playing it. They need to learn to accept like a certain degree of players being able to just like do certain things so long as it doesn't break the game like i don't think that doing pet battles too fast is somehow going to break the game unless there's actually something in the code where it's like if a character does six pet battles in the span of one minute that's going to trigger something apocalyptic and it's going to delete azeroth but i don't think that's going to be happening somehow so i yeah, think we're fine Blizzard, for example, when they removed portals from, like, most places in the game, right? So most places in the game where you could previously get portals to, they removed all of that, and they moved the portals to what they would probably consider to be key areas. Um, and then to compensate, they kind of sped up the auto-flying, I think. Uh, there was no reason for that. There was literally no point. No reason why they had to add that in any way, shape, or form, the only reason for it was it slows you down in the world. It's all part of this engagement thing. Their idea is if we can shave five minutes between, or if we can add five minutes between dungeons for you that fucking spam all dungeons, that is an extra, say, two or three days over the course of a month that you're engaged with our fucking game. Uh, and it's sort of like, wait, wait, if you just let people do it, they might actually do more than fucking one day extra because yeah. they're actually having fun. Yeah, exactly.
but it's all part of this blizzard is they just very, they very rarely up on their matrix the, they very rarely think about how much fun a player is having and they're thinking about no you're playing the game wrong you need to play like i'm telling you to play it and it's mm. like no not really that's not the way that that shit goes it's like you need to I learn haven't... to it just accept certain things certain things yeah. are going to be different yeah mm -hmm. they haven't learned yet that their methods chase players away it doesn't actually bring players in. it's it's surprising how they haven't learned that basic lesson yet but we'll see how it works out for um dragonflight yeah. but um there was one more thing that you wanted to bring up and uh before you do though i would like to make a spoiler warning so if you guys enjoyed the podcast up until now thank you you can hit the like button subscribe all stuff Akalon in the description all of that but uh, Akalon's going to be talking about story spoilers because that was apparently a hot topic this uh, this week. And uh, we're going to get into it. So this is your spoiler warning. And in three, two, one, yeah. you are now subject to any spoilers that are happening. We've given you enough time to pause the podcast. So get spoiled, nerd. All right. <laughs> All right. I do apologize that I have to spoil people, but this is just the way the game works. There's nothing I can do about it. It's, it's, is... it's actually it, it's actually funny because we talked about this before, how it'd be great if in the alphas and shit, they wouldn't just spoil the story so that people could experience it fresh when it actually comes out but as it turns yeah. out they did so this is a leak first and foremost it's a data mind leak uh Ooh, so it's a, uh, it's a it's a user on reddit that claims that they they have data mined uh a, a, a piece of dialogue from uh the game files now uh, i believe that this have been uh sort of corroborated by wowhead um so I think they found the text as well in the data mine files. Uh, so basically, there is a beloved character dying in Dragon Isles oh. or in Dragonflight, Malfurion. Malfurion is dying, giving his life for the for Ysera to come back and be the green dragon uh, <laughs> aspect. Uh, this is a story th that oh, is no. tied into. What's up? I'm sorry. No, I'm just thinking like, I'm just thinking about how much I don't give a fuck about Night Owl. <laughs> I'm sorry, keep going. I'm joking. <laughs> but no, I mean, for most Night Owl players, this yeah, was yeah. quite... On Twitter, you can imagine people are fucking angry because people are basically saying, so this is just another excuse for Blizzard to shit on, uh, on Night Elves. Um, yeah, because like so, if if you if you think and, and I know that I, I made a joke. I'm sorry, not elf players. I'm I'm not actually that. I just like memeing on you guys a little bit because there's the role play aspect of e of me. I play a dwarf. You guys are elves. We're kind of like natural banter back and forth. Like you know, I celebrated when um, Sylvanas burned down your tree because you guys can just go get another tree. Let's just be real. Anyway, I make that easy. joke far too often. But it's like what I'm thinking about is. Stuff like that makes it seem like there's no consequence because I believe that for a lot of players, not for me specifically, but for a lot of players during um, the Legion, I think it was Legion, during Legion when Ysera died and she was like fully corrupted or something like that, I remember, mm -hmm. and you have to kill her. Like that I felt like was probably a big emotional moment for a lot of those not elf players that care about yeah. all of these nature things and all of that stuff, right? And then you get to, again, interact with Ysera at some point in mm. Ardenweald, right? Because Ysera kind of mm. comes back. And not comes back, she's yeah. in the realm of death and whatnot. Yes. So there's, again, moments there 
which again, there should just be as like, okay, this is an emotional payoff. And now Blizzard's like, okay, none of this matters. She's coming back. Also, we're killing Malfurion. Now my question becomes, okay, when's Malfurion coming back? Is it like two expansions from now? Is that is that how that's going to work? Because like, who are, who are we killing to get Malfurion back? Do we kill like maybe, um, what's her face? Fucking Night Elf Warrior. I forget her name. Damn it. Uh, Taronda. Do we kill her? His wife, Taronda. Do we, yeah. do, do we kill her and get him back? Like, do we sacrifice some other so, Night Elf? It's like, what are we doing? Do we kill a bunch of wisps? So the, the story here goes that day that Ysera gave her life uh, to try and save Malfurion, fate uh, had willed Malfurion to die that day. Fate, now, it's rumored, it's, it's, it's at this point very headcanon. There are parts in the lore that suggest this, but it's never actually been confirmed. But fate is an actual person, uh, referred to as the sisters of fate, I believe, in World oh. of Warcraft. But it is an actual being. Uh, fate is not just the the fate of the. It's it's an actual being that writes the scriptures of fate. Um, and fate had determined that Malfurion was supposed to die that day. Malfurion didn't die. Obviously, Yasera gave her life. For fate, this was seemingly fine. Uh, this is all speculation at this point. The the literal dialogue just shows that Malfurion is going to die. Um, for fate, this was seemingly okay, because a soul begets a soul. She got a soul, and that's what they're happy with. However, now that they want to bring Ysera back, fate is sort of going, no, no. If you want this soul back, you're going to have to give me the soul that originally was written down as the soul that needs to come. I'm not giving you just any soul. I'm not just giving you the soul back. I need the original one. So this is why Malfurion has to die. Um... My the reason I brought this up isn't so much to discuss this because I've already made videos on this and yeah. I know you're not that big on the lore shit in World of Warcraft. The reason I brought it up is this goes so great into what we've been speaking about for such a long time. Can you imagine if this story came out and we saw it for the first time in the game with a cutscene and that was the first time ever we saw it? We didn't see it as a piece of text on Twitter. Because that's where I saw it, by the way, uh, on Twitter. Piece of text, people tagged me in it. Um, I can't no even graphics, imagine because, no like, just... I'm, I'm, I am like invested in portions of the lore, like not Elf lore, mm -hmm. Malfurion. I don't really care too much about that. I'm more about I care about the Curse of Flesh, the Titans, that type of stuff. That is things that are more yeah. interesting to me. But like, I can, I can't even imagine. What it's like for someone that actually does care about that aspect of the lore and gets it revealed. It's almost like I I imagine like some of the big events that take place in Final Fantasy fourteen just suddenly being spoiled in a fucking Twitter post. I'd be like, yep. bruh, what the fuck? Like I, I'm so sensitive to that stuff that I actually had to avoid on the update day. We talked in, in the previous one about um Monster Hunter and how massive update on the day of the update i had to avoid twitter so that people wouldn't spoil like what the new equipment was like because i wanted to see it for myself in the game and it's like you know it's just little things and i feel like nowadays yeah. a lot of communities do not give enough value to experiencing something for the first time when it comes to a video game experiencing yes. it for the first time in the actual video game is completely different it is it's not even in the same realm of yep. of of you know 
experiencing to just read something in a Twitter text and actually see it happen in a video game. It's, it's Yeah, I mean, there's no music, there's no graphics, there's no cinematic, there's no build up because I'm sure leading up to that quest there's going to be a lot of build up that then ends in the penultimate moment. So the fact that this is even in the game files, now people can say, yeah, but Blizzard didn't release this during the alpha, so clearly people were snooping where they weren't supposed to. No. If you didn't want people to discover that, it shouldn't have been in the fucking game files to begin with. Yeah, exactly. It, it should not be discoverable, because of course people are going to snoop where they're not supposed and, to. And here's if the thing. If it's there, they're going to find it. You can't even make the arguments like, oh, how could we possibly have expected? People data mine literally everything in your game. Like literally everything. Yeah. People will data mine everything, anything that they can find. You can like make a million encryptions on it. People will data mine the fuck out of it, no matter what you do. Yeah. Every single time. Of course they will. So it's like will. the only solution is they don't do. have it there in the first place. Yep. Is World of Warcraft uh, such spaghetti code that you need to have it in there? Like, I don't think it makes sense. No. It's not like no. it's not like the alpha version is going to update into the retail version. The retail version is going to update into the Dragonflight version, not the alpha. So yeah. the alpha does not need to have all of those things in there. Just put the things in there that need to be tested. Be done. Actually, you shouldn't even put half of the stuff you put in there because, you know, like we've talked about, True. the entire story has already been spoiled of the expansion. Yep. So. Yeah. But anyways, I just wanted to bring that up as a sort of uh, classic example of uh, a lot of a, a large chunk of the story being spoiled. Now, for me, this wasn't spoiled because I knew that Bonfirian was going to die um, about four months before Shadowlands. Um. I knew Malfurion was going to die, and I knew that Thrall was going to die. The Thrall's Thrall storyline. Uh, it seems like they cancelled that storyline. Because the way in which Thrall was supposed to die would no longer be possible. Like, there's just, there's nothing there anymore. So Thrall was actually going to give his life um, to... Uh, this is weird. But he was going to give his life somewhat to save Sylvanas. Um, <laughs> okay. Like they, they were they were actually, like, the original story of the Shadowlands That Lands is some next was, level Sylvanas simping, I'll tell you that right now. Well, it was supposed to be that Sylvanas was right all along. Like, the things that Sylvanas was telling us, the fact that this world is a prison and that we haven't seen anything and the, the whole discussions that she had with Anduin, she wasn't lying. The Shadowlands was a very evil place, like very evil place. Um, and at some point, we would have actually switched over and actually joined Sylvanas. This is why Sylvanas said during her final moments with her uh, with her loyalists, when next you see me, you will understand. So the The original plan was that that the, the the Shadowlands is very evil. It's not actually a good place, and that Zuval is also evil. But Sylvanas is basically using him in order to set things right, and then we would stop all of them. So we would basically fix the Shadowlands um, and fix death, so to speak. Wonder why why they, a lot of I things. wonder why they went and like did away with that plan then. That's weird. Um, personally, because it would have been very dark. It would have made the, the Shadowlands would have turned out to be a, a very, very dark universe. Um, and I they think still they just are. decided no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Th think but, about yeah. it like this: you can you can become fuel for the trees, 
you can become a blue angel that is basically a slave to order. You can become an und. I guess the undeads are probably the coolest one. I've always liked the the undead covenant the most. Yeah, but they've and which they've one's the other of, one? You can become a vampire that punishes yeah. people. It's like there's not a lot of good choices when it comes to that. But you see, they framed those. So the exact framing that you had there. That was supposed to be the message that the Shadowlands sent was this thing that we are actually just fuel for the Shadowlands. Like we're not actually, yeah. when we die, we don't actually go to the, the halls of Euros or anything like that. We are fuel for the fire. Um, and that's the thing that we would have fought against and we would eventually have fought against all of the, uh, all of the, uh, for, uh, the eternal ones. Uh, the, Original idea, I believe, around the Oribos raid was actually that we were going to fight all of the Eternal Ones and beat all of them. Um, basically to reclaim and save the Shadowlands. That's what we were going to do. Um, now, of course, they didn't go with that. The original story, though, for Malfurion dying was actually that Taronda was going to kill Malfurion uh, in a fit of blind rage. That is a so terrible Taronda, relationship. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it was actually... So Taranda became the Night Warrior. Yes. She came face to face with Sylvanas. And in the moment that she was about to kill Sylvanas, Malfurion interferes. He stops her. And he tells her that Sylvanas' fate is not yet over. Her role in this story is not yet over. She can't kill her. But Taranda, being so filled with vengeance and hatred actually kills Malfurion by accident. It's not on purpose. She kills Malfurion. And then as soon as she looks at Malfurion and realizes that she had just killed the love of her life, she actually rejects Elune. She 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 literally pushes the fury of Elune out of her. And then it was meant to start this whole storyline of Elune's place among the Night Warriors. And we were about to find out that uh, Elune actually sacrificed all of the souls of those Night Elves. Uh, on Teldrassil to the Shadowlands fuel, uh, to the fuel part of the Shadowlands. So we were meant to find out all of this shit. Um, and they decided, obviously, go to uh, go a different direction. But we were told this by insiders at Blizzard at the time. I am sort of skipping over a lot of things because, obviously, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no point in really going over it in detail. Uh, but it, it was a cool story. Now, the, it seems they're sticking with the death of Malfurion. I'm just sort of annoyed that, you know... I, it got this spoiled. should have been in the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, it should have been. Regardless of how I feel about it, like I said, I feel like it really diminishes the fact that Ysera died. Uh, you know, first impressions, at least, it kind of diminishes her death. But then again, I'm not someone who's too invested in that story, so I don't know how the rest of the player base feels. But uh, I would say, regardless... I would say that... Sorry, I just want to say this last thing. The Shadowlands diminishes this death as well, like you just said. When's he coming back? Yeah, exactly. Now that we know what the Shadowlands is like, uh, he's going to Ardenwheel, he's going to be chilling among the trees, and then eventually he's probably going to come back as a fucking demigod. Easy, you know? Yeah, it's because, uh, like, ultimately, if we can just go back and get Ysera, I mean, even our own character, there's isn't there literally a portal, right? There's a portal to Ouroboros. It's like, yeah, well, just go, hey, the, let's go. Let's come back. In, in, in the lore, there isn't. So in the lore, there's oh, so no it's portal like to Oribos. no canon portal to Oribos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canonically, there is no way for us. Once we get back from Oribos, canonically, there's no way for us. I thought I heard from someone that that, was, that portal was canon. 
I think it might no. have been Bellular, but either way, I don't know. I'm 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 fairly sure that the the portal isn't canon, but I could be wrong, right? I, like, I, I didn't pay too close. Because if the portal's canon, is like, bruh, I don't care who dies. We just go in there and we snatch them back up. Like, I mean, you know, Anwen's taking a vacation oh, the- over there. Sylvanas is taking a vacation. They're probably going to come back. It's like, what's stopping I mean, us from going in there and so- bringing somebody back? So even if the portal is canon, with the closing of the rift, so with that moment that we heal the sky, that portal will close as well. Because there is actually physically no way for us to move between those rifts. The only beings that can are beings of tremendous power. Like, they can move between the rift, but we won't be able to. So that portal will close anyways. Um, But, I mean, even then, there's a back door into Autumnwheel through the dream. So even if you go on portal, you could just walk in. They tell us that as well. Um, so yeah, it's just sort of like weird. Um, but I wanted to bring that up because if I didn't, people would be like, oh my God, they were talking about WoW, but they weren't talking about the biggest spoiler in the fucking history of the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I so thought at least cover it. <laughs> anyway, guys, this has been uh, about four hours of recording. I'm probably going to record like uh, intro, uh, an intro to this podcast and then like an outro to the... Because pre- I'm, I'm going to slice this up into two podcasts. It's, it's too much content. Yeah. We had... A lot of stuff to talk about because we didn't talk <laughs> about it last week and we're probably not going to be able to do anything next week. So, you know, at least this way we have like two cool podcast episodes for you guys. I'll be releasing these with a little bit of a delay, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, hit the like button, subscribe, bell notification icon, all that stuff. Links to Akalon's things in the description. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. Stay strong. Stay oh, yeah. safe. Peace out. Peace.